Oh, there we go. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Sorry, Brian. I was pointing to the sound team, trying to get the sound on. I think Brian was telling, thinking I was telling him to close that door, but we got people coming in. Well, good morning. Would you do me a favor? Would you take out your worship bulletin? I am not going to go through everything in this. I just really want to cover two things and really stress one of them. And then the other thing is, too, I want to prepare you for our, our prayer time. I want to invite you that if you have a need, if you have something that is pressing on your heart, if, if you're dealing with something uh, and would like us to come around you and, and pray for you, we're going to have that time during prayer. So let me give you that warning. We're going to invite you up to the altars and, and uh, lay hands on you and, and just pray for you. But the thing I want to point out is this Saturday coming up is our fall festival. This is where we do our chili cook-off. This is where we do a bunch of games and give out a bunch of candy for the kids. So if you have a kid that you know of, if you have a kid yourself, if you have a grandkid, if you've got some neighbor kids, would you invite them to this? Would you bring them out to this time? It's going to be a, a fun time for them. There's carnival games. We're going to have a giant blow-up house. There's going to be a fire truck here, firemen here, a real fire truck here. All right, we're also going to have, um, what, where's Lee? What, what do you call that thing? A hayride. Yeah, there we go. How do you forget hayride, right? But we're going to have a fun time. Come on out. And then you adults, we've got stuff for you too, of course. It's the chili cook-off, right? This is, this is the coveted chili cook-off. Door prizes? All right, door prizes. So come on out and uh, let's fellowship together. Let's bring your hottest, nastiest chili that you got or make a regular one. Let's make these judges really sweat that are going to be taking that on. If you want to volunteer to be a judge too, uh, you can do that. But please, would you look at this piece of paper? We need, we need volunteers, right, to head up the games, to do the different things. Talk to Adavi. Um, and uh, her phone number is right there. You can text her. You can call her day or night, anytime. Don't worry about it. Just reach out to her, all right? Last week, if you missed it, last week was the week that we said thank you to all of our volunteers who do so much, and we have people actually lurking right now in shoe boxes and everything like that out there. I tried to get them in here, but um, can I just reiterate that if you weren't here last week? Thank you so much for all that you do to make this church the church that it is. And I can't wait to talk to you about this message today because I think we really need to hear it. But, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be a part of a church where everybody serves, right? I mean, nearly everyone in here does something. So let's keep that up. Thank you so much. I praise God, and I can't wait to see where he leads us in the future. All right, would you stand with me? Let's pray. I don't know about you, but I'm here to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, we are here we gather in your name. We don't gather in the Willard Church of the Nazarene's name. We gather in your name, and we give you all praise and honor and glory. Father, I know that there are heavy things going on in the hearts of your people today. And Father, I pray that this would be a time of strengthening for them. I pray that this would be a time of peace for them. I pray that your hands would be 
all over them, Lord, and that your spirit would just fill them. Lord, I pray that this would also be a time of equipping so that you can send us out into this world. Lord, there's so much to do. There's so many opportunities. Lord, help us to be a part of what you're doing. Lord, you have right of way during this service. Do as you will. Lord, we surrender it. We give it to you. Father, let our, let our praises, let our worship be worthy of the one that we are worshiping, Lord. We give you all honor and praise. In your name we pray. Amen.
Well, would you do me a favor and turn to your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, and as you're turning there, I forgot an announcement. Um, we are collecting shoe boxes and getting ready to collect shoe boxes. Um, if you are unable to shop, contact Alice. She, she will shop for you or will shop for you as a church, or we'll grab the teens and do that together. But if you're able to do it yourself, please do it yourself, because this is a process that we want you to be a part of and go through. We want you to, to think about what goes in that box. We want you to pray over that individual box. We want you to put a note in that individual box so that we can reach out to those kids, all right? So consider doing that. First Peter chapter 1, today I want to talk about the, the important aspects of the church. I want to I get on you a little bit. I want to get on myself a little bit. I want us to be all on the, on the same page with what church is about and understand how it works and what's the point of church. First Peter chapter 1, we're going to be starting in verse 23. First Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 23, would you stand in honor of God's word? For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living Word of God. As the Scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flowers fades, but the Word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. So first thing that I want us all to get, and I really want us to understand this, is that, that salvation is from the eternal living word of God. It's not from some philosopher's idea. It's not some man-made concept. It's not on some guy's take, some person's message, someone's random idea about the afterlife. No, it's from the eternal living Word of God that was preached to you. First Peter 2.1, so get rid of all be evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into the full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. So after you're saved, the goal of the word of God is to continue to nourish us in our salvation, to nourish us in our maturity so that we can grow, so that we can attain maturity. Verse 4, you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by the people but he was chosen by God for great honor. Listen to this next part. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual house. What's more, you are his holy priests. You catch that? Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. Amen? You may be seated. 
So first thing that we see right away is that salvation is not an individual sport, right? Not something to be done alone. When I got saved, I got in the Word. The Word started growing me up in salvation. And then I realized, hey, there's other people around going through the same things, other people that have gotten saved, other people that are growing in the Word and maturing. And then all of us were like living stones coming together and what? being built into the house of the Lord. This is why we, this is why a lot of other churches understand that the church is not this building, right? No, we are the church. We are the living stones that are coming together. People, you and me, it's not brick and mortar. It's not the Willard Church of the Nazarene, the building, the address. It's us, each and every one of us together. And what do those living stones come together to form again? A house. Who lives in a house? A family. Huge concept. Man, we are we are a family. I don't know if you feel that, but I feel that. I rely on that. Man, you are my spiritual brothers and sisters. Your family. I care about what's going on in your life. You care about what's going on in my life because I know when I got COVID, I had all these texts coming, right? Jen and Jeremy, when they were, when they were here Wednesday night, they were talking about all the texts that, that Jeremy was receiving. He's like, man, I just felt like my family was caring about me. That's what I want us to understand. That's what I want us to get. Church, church is not an organization that we come to. It's so much more than that. It's a family that cares about each other. Simple definition is church is people brought together through Christ, number one, right? Through Christ, knit into a living family for his glory. That's a simple definition of church. People brought together through Christ, knit into a living family for his glory. There's an awesome picture of this. There is an awesome picture of this found in Ezekiel 37 where the prophet Ezekiel has this vision of this valley of dead and dry bones. Do you remember that story? Here are all these dead, dry bones scattered. And the word of God, the Lord says, prophesy to these bones. Speak the word of the Lord that they may live. And you know the story. The bones start to come together. They attach themselves to each other. Muscle and flesh form over the bones, right? Skin comes over them, and then the breath of God is breathed into them, and they rise up and come together like a vast army. So from death to life, from dry bones to living people, from scattered to now together like an army. That's a picture of how the church is formed, right? It's, it's from the word of God that we just read about in 1 Peter, bringing us from death to life. Do you remember what it was like to be dead before you came to know Christ? Do you, know, do you remember how all of that changed? Do you remember what it was like to be scattered to now together into a family? I do. Why do we come together? Here's the big takeaway. This is how church works, all right? If you're taking notes. We gather to worship 
and we scatter to serve. Big takeaway from the sermon today. We gather to worship and we scatter to serve. Let's, let's focus on the gathering part first. This is what the New Testament church did, Acts chapter 2. You don't have to turn this, but the Holy Spirit comes, right? The Word of God is preached, right? And 3,000 believers come to faith and become a part of the church. The believers form what's called a community. And it describes how they function in Acts 2.42. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching which would have been in the temple, but they also devoted themselves to the fellowship and to the sharing of meals in people's houses. In both ways, they were gathering to worship, right? One more public, one more private. They gathered together in worship and to devote themselves to the word of God, to the apostles' teaching. And that's why we continue to gather together today right? We gather to worship. We gather to hear the Word of God because it brings life. There are three main reasons we gather. Number one, primary reason, most important reason. The number one reason we gather is to exalt God. The number two reason is to edify each other. And the number three reason is to equip you to be the church out there. Exalt, edify, equip. So I said number one reason is we, we gather to exalt. We're here for God, right? We're here for God. Listen to this. Church is at its best when church brings its best to God. Church is at its best when church brings its best to God. In our culture, everything is about us. Everything is about focused in on us. But when we gather, we want that to be the exact opposite. We don't want it to be about us. We want it to be about him. That's why I was so glad to hear those songs that we sang that was just giving praise and honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? It was talking about his goodness. Sometimes we forget that when we come to church, right? Am I going to get anything out of church today? That, that was my thoughts many times. I remember many times hearing sermons, and I'm like, that was the most boring thing I've ever heard in my life. If pastor so-and-so preaches one more time on prayer, I'm going to go nuts, right? I was focused in on me. I remember thinking about the music. Oh, my gosh, I cannot stand hymns. They make me want to yawn. Wrong focus. Wrong focus. Lack of spiritual maturity on my part, right? That can't be what the church is about. It can't be about us. It can't be about our preferences. It's okay to come to church and want to hear a song, right? A particular song that you love. But listen to this, if we aren't coming through those doors, motivated by this overwhelming sense of awe, because at one point we were like dry bones and we heard the word of God and the breath of God was breathed into us and we became alive. If that's not our focus, if we don't praise God for the eternal life that we were given and we, were, we worship God because he invited us into that, if that's not our focus, it's wrong. Amen? We have a Savior who died on the cross 
so all that could happen. If that's not the number one reason we gather, then close these doors. We come to exalt the King of Kings. My friends, this isn't a spectator experience. A spectator event. We don't, care to, we don't come here to watch what happens on this stage. That's not the reason that we're here. We don't come here to get something out of it first and foremost. Yes, that happens, but we come to participate. We come to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords and give him a blessing. I don't want to come to get something. I want to come to bring something. My praises, my worship, my honor, my sacrifices to him. Why? Because I was once dead bones in a valley. And he raised me to life and he gave me a family. He put me into this family. Praise God is right. I am blessed, right? Whatever you worship, you sacrifice for. You worship a car, you'll sacrifice for it. You worship a job, you'll sacrifice for it. You worship God, you'll sacrifice for it. You'll bring him something. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Whatever you worship, you'll find a way to sacrifice for that. If you worship God, you won't let things get in the way of getting to the gathering so that you can worship him. No matter what's going on in my life, I might be in the storm, right? How many people in here right now are in the storm? Coming to the gathering might be the last thing that I feel like doing because of everything that's going on. But the one who we worship is holy. He is worthy. No one compares to him. And I will come no matter what's going on to sing praises to him and honor him. I'm coming to exalt his name. Listen, I get it when you're on vacation or you're sick. I don't want you here when you're sick, right? I want you to go on vacation and have those times with your family. I get it when it's, when it's the conflicts, right? But what I don't get is when people don't come because they just don't feel like it. That can't be us, my friends. That cannot be us. If your priority is to come and exalt God, then you won't stay up too late, right? When people are just too tired or too busy or they let every little thing get in the way. Listen, I know there's people like Karen that are working like 80 hours a week, you know. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just, just when we take the gathering lightly and we let every little thing get in the way of us coming to worship our Lord and Savior. I mean, if you really believe this, all of this, isn't he worthy of every effort that you can make to get here to the gathering? He's worthy. No matter what the weather is like, man, I know when it's rainy. I don't want to come to church sometimes. There's just something weird about that. But why would we let that stop us? 
That should not get in the way of coming to the gathering. Amen? Amen. We gather to exalt God. I know you might be going through things, heavy things, right? Some of you share some of the things that you're going with, and I'm like, oh my goodness, how are they dealing with that? I know that there's, a, there's pain. I know it might be difficult. I know you might not feel like it. It might be the last thing that you feel like. I know that you might be barely keeping it together. But my friends, that's exactly when you should come to the gathering. That's exactly when you should come and worship the king. That's the best thing that you can do to get you through that storm of whatever you're dealing with. My friend, he's got a word for you in those times. He's got a family for you that cares about you in those times. Don't miss it. We, we need to get caught up in the greatness of God. We need to sing more, more things about God, right? We should just have the whole service singing about God. Man, there's a, there's, there's a, we need to be reminded of who we serve. We, we need to be reminded of who is for us. We, can, we need to be reminded of who we can cling to during these times, no matter what life is throwing at us. Don't let the troubles getting in the way of coming and exalting God. Second thing that happens when we gather is we want to edify each other. That's why we sing the songs with good theological, correct theological messages. That's why we preach the Word of God. That's all we preach, right? That better be all that we preach. Everything must line up with whatever the Word of God says. That's why we come alongside each other and we ask, how are you doing? What can we pray for you about? The goal is for you to be built up when you come here. If you come there, there is a spirit here that wants to strengthen you and build you up. When, when we come, God should be glorified. God should be alto, exalted. But you should also be strengthened when you leave. That should be happening. And you need to gather in order for that to happen. You miss out on that. You're missing out on being edified, strengthened, built up, supported. There are moments where I just need to get to church, right, and be encouraged and be supported. Don't miss that. Don't miss the gathering. Third thing is what Paul talks about in Ephesians 4. We, church leadership, want to equip you so that you can go forward out of this place and be the church out there. The text says in Ephesians 4 that Jesus gave some in the church to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers, right? Why did he do that? He set those people up not so that they could be the ones that only go out there in this world and represent the church. They set, he set those people in place so that they could equip every one of us to go out and be the church, and do his work, right, to be the body of Christ. So the church is about gathering to equip us to be the church out there. Representing God is your responsibility. Every one of you who knows Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are an ambassador for Christ. 
It is your responsibility. Why is it set up this way? Well, if it was just about teachers going out, right? How many teachers do we have that would go out in this world? There would be a handful, right? No, it's about every one of us so that we can represent, so that we can reach every corner of this community and other communities, right? Think about how much more can get done when we all take that on, when we all own that. You have to realize You have to see yourself as part of the work. It's your job to go out and be the church, be the representatives of God to the people around you, to the people in your school system, teens, right? It's your job. I can't go into your school. Your Sunday school teacher can't go into your school. You're positioned there to reach other kids for Christ. In order to do that, though, you have to be committed to the gathering because that's where you get equipped. So exalt, edify, equip. That's why we gather. And at the end of the day, it's the exalting, it's the equipping, it's the edifying that leads us to the scattering. The gathering leads us to the scattering. We gather in worship to be strengthened and equipped, and then we scatter to serve. We scatter to be the church, to a world that is in darkness. The gathering and the scattering go hand in hand. Don't take lightly the gathering. Granted, I know we're in a weird time, right? I know there are people not comfortable coming in and gathering. I get that. I, wanna, I don't want to speak to you. I, I, I praise God that we have the ability to worship online and to gather what's it called, online, Uh, not in person, whatever that word is that I I can't think of, virtually, virtually. I praise God for that. What I I want us to be careful, though, is that we just don't take it lightly. I hope we realize the importance. I hope you realize the importance. I hope you realize the role that you have to play. There's this funny meme out there where it shows our government saying that they don't know if, we, if they can recommend us gathering for Christmas, right? That's on one side, and then on the other side, if you've seen that picture, there's a stadium of 100,000 people gathered together. For me, if, if I'm willing to go out and eat in a restaurant, right, in this climate, if I'm willing to go to the store and touch all the, the, the food and everything like that, and I'm willing to go shopping, if I'm willing to go to a a Friday night football game, then I'm not going to let COVID get in the way of me gathering for church, right? And I'm not knocking anyone. Man, you got underlying conditions. I get that. I get that. Be careful with that. COVID is real. COVID is killing people. I'm I'm not denying that. But when it comes to my kids, if I'm willing to send them to school, if I'm willing to allow them to play in sports, wouldn't I be willing to let them come to church? Because I want them, I want them to exalt God with other people. I want them to be edified. I want them to be equipped because they are going in a very dark place where God is getting kicked out more and more, right? And I want them to be salt and light to people. Like I said, I'm not here knocking anyone. I know there's people that are not ready to come back, man. We love you, 
great. You're watching online. We love you. You got car problems. We love you. We understand. I get that. No, no judgmental attitude here. What I'm concerned about, what I'm scared about, this is the thing that scares me about the church, is that I'm scared that we take the gathering too lightly and don't realize the importance of it. I know there is an enemy right now planting seeds. It's not important if you go to church today. How many times before I was a pastor, like the worst times, the times I really did not want to go to church and I went to church, like the message was exactly for me, like God hit me upside the head with a two by four, right? If you're not feeling like going to church, man, it is the time you need to go to church, right? You're probably going to get hit upside the head. God's going to smack you. But you need that. I'm, I'm scared. That's what scares me today, though. This is my fear. We just don't take the gathering. We don't realize how important it is. The enemy wants to put everything and anything in front of it, and I'm worried that we're, we're going along with it. That's my fear. Hebrews tells us in verse 1035, let us not neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. Let us not neglect meeting together in here virtually, right, on Wednesday night, Sunday school. Make the gathering a priority. You can't make Sunday, make Wednesday. You can't make Wednesday, make Sunday school, right? You can't make it all. Start a small group in your home. How awesome would that be? Start a small group. Gather together with the people of God. Start with your family, your, ba- your, your immediately family, and then invite somebody into that. I just want to encourage you, wherever you are, whoever you are, find God's people and gather together with them. And preach the word. Read the word, right? Do it all in Jesus' name. Exalt him in that process. Psalm 122.1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. My friends, I did not come here today or I do not come to church and base my thanksgiving on what is preached or what person is up in this pulpit or what songs are sung. I want to come through those gates those, those gates with praise on my lips before I hear any of that. That's how I want to approach coming to church. What if that was how each and every one of us came to the gathering with praise on our lips? So that's the importance of gathering, but we have to realize we gather to what? Scatter. We gather, the church comes together in one place, and then we scatter, the church goes out to every corner. We have missionaries in a bunch of different workplaces, right? Places around here. We've got them at City Hall. We've got them in the finance department. We've got them in public works. We have them in the police department. We have them at MTD, right? We have them at Whirlpool. We have them at Pepperidge. We have them at at least four different school systems that I know. The church is scattered to Willard. The church is scattered to Plymouth. The church is scattered to Shelby. The church is scattered to Port Clinton. The church is scattered beyond that to Southern Ohio. And as a result, the light of God is spread to all those places, amen? 
Back to our original text. Listen to who you are. 1 Peter 2.9. Listen to who you are. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal, you are royal priests. A holy nation. God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Amen? Amen. For He called you out of the darkness into His wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you had received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners, we're only here for a short time, right? To keep away from the worldly desires that wage war against your souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. How do you represent God to your unbelieving neighbors? Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. That's you. That's who you are when we scatter. Right now we're gathered physically together and virtually, but in less than an hour we'll be scattered, right? We'll be scattered all over this place and there's a call on each and every one of our lives in that scattering. When you go out to eat, there's a call on your life. How can you bless that waiter or waitress? You are royal priests, a holy people, God's chosen, God's very own possession. And as a result, you are called to show others the goodness of God. That is a privilege, my friends, to be ambassadors for Christ. Why do we do that? Because we want other people to receive what we've received. We want other people to go from dry bones to a purpose, to life, to life in its fullness. For he called you out of the darkness and into this wonderful light. Once you didn't know mercy, once you beat yourself up, but then you found God's mercy. And that's something that we can share when we scatter. I have two fears right now. One is that we take the gathering lightly like I told you. The other is that we take the scattering lightly. That we don't be his representatives outside of these walls. That it's only about God here. And that we don't take that to the world. Leading people to know Christ is in our spheres of influence. We have spheres of influence. We have people that we're responsible for. And we need to be about the work. If it's not going to be you doing it at your work, at your, with your neighbor, who is it? It's not going to be me coming to your neighbor. It's not going to be your Sunday school teacher coming to your neighbor. It's not going to be them coming to your school. It's you. It's a great privilege, though. Own it. Take it on. All right, I want to end with this. What does a scattering look like? Number one, we carry the hope that we inhale in the gathering into every conversation that we have throughout the week. 
When we gather, it's easy in this place to breathe in the hope that we get here. Oh man, I needed that. I get strengthened. I get filled up. The reason is that we inhale that is so that we can go out into this dark world and there's going to be the conversations that come up and we need to exhale that when we're talking to our friends, when we're talking to our family members that don't know Christ, when we're talking to a coworker. There's going to be a place, there's going to be a conversation where there seems like there is no hope with what that person is going through. But you have the hope. You can exhale that into that conversation. Oh man, that is a problem. That is a difficult situation. I know it may feel hopeless, but can I just tell you this? I can testify that there is a God who loves you, that is for you, that wants to redeem you. There is a God who you can entrust this situation to him. Can I just pray for you? Can I just take this situation to my Lord and Savior and ask him to move in it as we face it. Simple. We gather to get the hope so that we can share it as we scatter, and then we gather again to get filled up again so that we can scatter and share it again. But if we miss the gathering, the inhaling it, for many of us, I don't think we'll have it to exhale. Maybe you're really good and you have a great quiet time. That's great. You know, not many people who don't gather do that. The people around you need hope. That's not the only thing we offer, right? They need truth, they need salvation, they need freedom. And your Sunday school teacher is not going to be available to your friends and to your family. But praise God, you, a royal priest, a chosen people, chosen by God, will be there and you can share those things. Amen? That's the importance of all of this. Your spiritual mentor is not at your workplace. You're it. You're needed to be salt and light. I hope we see the importance of church and what we're really about do you see your place in being a part of the church when we scatter? Number two, scattering looks like us giving God our best. Colossians 3.23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is not your boss, is not your workplace, it's Christ. You aren't working for those things you're really working for Christ and one of the best ways that you can impact your community then one of the best ways that you can impact your workplace is just being by the best worker you can be simple even if you hate that place it's an opportunity the bulk of time that you spend in between the gatherings is at work right it's your mission field it's one of the greatest opportunities to represent Christ. And how you work and how you do your job and how you interact with people speaks volumes. How you work can be the start of your witness. At your job, you have an opportunity to be great, to act great, to serve great. And as you do that, the church is alive in your workplace. 
Your coworkers will see someone different, someone who doesn't gossip, somebody who cares about people. You'll blow your boss's minds, right? And it will cause intrigue all around you. What is this person? He is a weirdo, right? But it's kind of cool. What's going on? What makes this person like that? Why are they willing to go the extra mile? Why are they willing to help me out when I'm mean to them? At your job, you have an opportunity to be great. You have an opportunity to earn respect. You'll earn admiration. And I'm sure you'll be rewarded for it, hopefully, by your bosses and your company. But more importantly, I hope it gives you an opportunity to share the good news, the truth, the word of God, the hope that you have with somebody in a conversation because they look at you and they see somebody different They see somebody they can trust. They see somebody that they can turn to. They see somebody that they admire. And they'll come to you. And they'll want to know, why is it that you're like this? And you'll tell them, it's because I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I was once dry bones. And now I have life. I have meaning. I have a purpose. And that is to glorify the King of kings and the Lord of lords who gave me all of that. Who died on a cross for me so that my sins forgiven. When I was not worthy of that. While I was still a sinner, he did that. He chose me. And he wants to do the same for you, my friend. You're his rep. Yeah, working is going to be difficult, right? You're going to have to work with difficult people. But that's why you need to gather every week to be encouraged, to be strengthened in that, to vent a little bit about the people that you have to work with and be encouraged to to follow the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and to do your best. Don't forget the gathering. When you gather, you worship the King of Kings, you're reminded that he's worthy of whatever you take at work, whatever you have to put up with. He's worthy of it. You're reminded that while you were a sinner, while you weren't such a great person, he still loved you enough to reach out to you, right? So while your coworkers a pain in the butt, you can pray for them. You can reach out to them. You can pray for an opportunity to share the good news with them. Number three, Scattering is about discerning how chance encounters are God-ordained moments. As you go out of the gathering, ask God, pray to God to put people in your path that you can represent him and share the hope that you have and the mercy that you've received. I've had opportunities playing video games where people have sent me a message and I've been able to share the good news with them and lead people to Christ that are in other countries. It's not just a a happening. It's not just a random occurrence. These are God-ordained moments. Lord, please just put somebody in my path that, that may need me to help them out, right? Put somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Put somebody that is searching for you in my path. Bring somebody that wants to ask a question that I can answer, right? Don't bring somebody that wants a question that I can't answer about you. Bring somebody that I can testify to about you. That's what happens. We get scared that, that somebody's going to ask us some questions, but it, it usually results back to our testimony and what God has done in our lives. And that's what we're called to share. Lord, remind me that I'm the church. Lord, send me out on assignment this week so that I can represent you and share the good news with those that don't know you. Number four, when we scatter, we pray about everything. 
Did you hear about the Joneses? They're getting a divorce. They're going through marital problems. How easy is it once you hear something like that for every conversation after that for that week to be, hey, did you hear about the Joneses? Hey, did you hear about the Joneses? Hey, did you hear about, man, they're having problems in their marriage? Do I stop and pray for the Joneses? Or am I just talking about them? Do I reach out and try to encourage the Joneses? Do I recommend a resource that, to the Joneses that maybe will help them in their marriage? Do I share with the Joneses what God has done in my marriage? When we scatter, we pray for people. That's where we start. We call our church family to pray for people. Hey, will you, pray for, will you join me in praying for the Joneses? Is there anything that we can do as a church family to help the Joneses? Right? We don't just talk about people. Every time we see a struggle come up, we pray for that situation. Every time that we see a struggle come up at our workplace and something that's going on around us, we pray for that situation. Well, James, if I prayed for every situation like that that came up, I'd be praying all the time. Praise God, right? Is that a bad thing? Realize, too, we don't just pray. We're called to action. We go to God in prayer for that situation. We pray for God to, to move in that situation, but we also pray for wisdom and what we need to do, right? That has to be a part of the prayer. Lord, should I help them financially? Lord, is that what you want me to do? Should I bring them a meal? Should I offer to mow their lawn? James 2.14, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. We pray when we scatter and we ask the Lord, what can I do? What can I do in these situations? We ask God to use us in those situations because we might be the only church that that person sees. Man, how many times have I wanted a better prayer life? If you want a better prayer life, just pray about all the bad situations that you see and pray that God does something in those situations because guess what God's going to do? He's going to send you. He's going to answer that prayer. All right, I'm answering that prayer. I'm sending you to be my ambassador. Your prayer life's going to go through the roof, right? You're going to see God answering prayers left and right because you're going to be the one that he's calling to step out on faith and do something. We're the church. We're God's hands and feet. We serve. We represent God to people. We point people to God. We are on mission to be salt and light. I am the church at my work. I am the church to my neighbors. I am on a kingdom mission. Last point. Number five, we make this earth look like heaven. Jesus taught us to pray that, right? Your, your kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. When we see something ugly on this earth, we strive to change it to look like heaven when we scatter. We see homeless people. There are no homeless people in heaven, right? 
So we strive to be a part of the answer to seeing homelessness wiped out. Whatever it is that God puts before us, we, got, we ask God to use us to change it. We see something that we hate, we ask God to use us to change that situation. That situation racism, slavery, human trafficking, drug abuse, kids that don't have any family structure, whatever brokenness is put before us, we seek to build the kingdom of God on this earth. On the, on the simplest, lowest level, pick up trash, right? There's no trash in heaven on the streets. Pick up trash when you're at work, when you're at home, when you look in your neighbor's yard. Be careful with that one. Wherever you shop, there ain't no trash on the ground in heaven. There shouldn't be any trash on the ground here. That's a, that's a simple thing, right? An easy thing that we can do. On the other end, on the other spectrum of that, Maybe we need to do something to transform our community because there's way too many people living in bondage to drugs. What can we do? How can we help that situation? Lord, what can I do? And not just me because I have a family. I have an army with me that will come alongside me, right? This issue might be too big for me, but it's not too big for my family. So I'm going to bring them around because I want to see people set free. Maybe we join in with Teen Challenge. Teen Challenge was taken away from us, but maybe we try to be a part of getting Teen Challenge back. Maybe that's the call on our lives because we care about people that are trapped in bondage to drugs. Maybe we say, let's start a group to help people who struggle with alcohol. And so we open up our church and invite people in, and we say, Lord, use me to be a part of the solution. Sometimes the, the problem is so big, we, we just get discouraged and we don't do anything, but we serve the mountain mover. We serve the miracle worker, the way maker, and God's just going to call us to do what he can and he'll do the rest, right? And again, he gives us a family around us to help build the kingdom. You aren't alone in that. You serve the king of kings, the one who owns it all. Follow his call. Listen, though, if you aren't gathering, you aren't going to be scattering. Chances are you're not going to be in his word. Chances are you're not really going to be praying, and you won't hear the call. Not always, but most of the time. Today, my hope is that we see this loud and clear being the church is about the coming and the going, is about the gathering and the scattering. That makes the church the church. That's the point, and some of us have just taken one part of that too lightly, or maybe both too lightly. Listen, if church isn't about both, it has no point. It has to be focused on both in order to be effective. It's like an accordion, right? I wish I, anybody had play the accordion? No, I don't think so. All right. You know what an accordion is, right? When an accordion, when you, when you push it all together and squish all the air out, when it gathers, it's gathered together, right? You click the keys, nothing happens, right? When it's just gathering, if, if gathering is the only thing that it does, nothing happens, just like the church. If we just gather in this building and sing things and be entertained, 
nothing happens, right? Likewise, when a Corian is fully spent and, and out there and it's just always out there and the church is just always out there and never gathers, right? Nothing happens when you click the keys. It's the coming and going, the gathering and scattering. That's when the music starts playing. That's when the church sings. That's when the church really sings, right? We're not just here to gather together and, in, and, and do nothing, right? We're here to gather, and then we're called to scatter. We gather to get equipped. We gather to get encouraged. We gather to get strengthened. We gather to exalt God and remember why we're doing everything that we do, and that pushes us to scatter and spread that news to everyone around us to reach the world for him so that they can experience what we've experienced. But if we're not gathering, we're not going to be scattering. And if we're not scattering, our faith's dead. Can, can you imagine being set free by the King of kings and the Lord of lords and he calls you to go and you never go? You never witness to anybody, you never talk to anybody, you never encourage anybody? What good are you? What good am I? Right? There's a call on our life. There's a call on our life. We've got to be committed to both the gathering and the scattering. Would you stand? The scattering might be scary, right? Talking to someone about Christ. But you partner with the Holy Spirit. Let him move in that situation. Just care about people, right? Just care about people. Man, what can I do to reach out to encourage somebody, to help someone? Man, you want to help kids that have no family structure? The Hope Center is desperate for people to volunteer with them. You'll get an opportunity, right, to be God's hands and feet. There are great organizations already in place that you can join in and be a part of. You can be a teacher with us, right? It's not hard. Don't, don't be intimidated. The enemy wants to keep you from gathering. The enemy wants to keep you from scattering. And he uses fear in the scattering part. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I pray that you would, you would put the question before us. And you would ask us to be committed to both. The gathering... Lord, and the scattering. Father, help us to make church and being in your word and spending time with you a priority in our life that we don't let anything get in the way of. And Father, let us be bold. Father, I know it's scary to go out of here and to, and to talk to somebody about you, but, but Lord, let us just pray for those opportunities and, for, and trust you with them. Lord, let us, when we see our coworkers struggling with something, just go up and pray for them or just let them know that we care about them or that we're thinking about them through whatever situation that it is. Father, don't let us make this too, too hard. Lord, help us to step out on faith, though, and be bold and speak truth and be your hands and feet to those in our sphere of influence. Help us to invite people to church and to become a part of this and to come know you. Lord, put that call on our hearts. Lord, we love you. Let our lives exalt you in everything that we do. 
In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Don't forget Saturday. Don't forget Saturday. Harvest Festival. All that good stuff.